0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Note to Scene, a music news podcast covering everything from pop punk to metalcore. I'm Matt Crane. I'm Tyler Sharp. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, where every week we discuss and debate all the biggest news stories in the music scene. Find more episodes of this show on Apple Podcasts where you should please rate and review us. Email us at notecene at gmail.com. Unfortunately, we will be talking about all the crazy stuff that went down in the scene this week, including allegations against members of Brand New and With Confidence. After that, since the scene is officially canceled this week, we will be talking about the new Taylor Swift record. All right, shall we? I mean, I don't even really know where to begin here. But um, first, I just want to say, you know, we're not here to be judges. We're not here to accuse anyone of anything. You know, Tyler and I aren't some authority to speak on this. Um, We're not, you know, necessarily even qualified to talk about this. What we're just trying to do today is kind of go through the whirlwind with you that we as fans have all kind of gone through together and just sort of discuss it and see how we got here and see where we are now. Um, So I guess we'll kind of start with uh, Brand New because that was the big one. Um, A a woman leveled accusations at Jesse against Brand New on a Facebook post. Um, I'm not going to repeat the allegations, That she said against Jesse on this show, because you can pretty much read them in any major news outlet from Alternative Press to Rolling Stone to Pitchfork, you know, just go ahead and Google it. Um, So I'm not going to I don't I don't want to talk about the gruesome details. But um, Tyler, like, where were you and what were you doing when you first got this on your radar when this first crossed your path?
1: Yeah. So I was, it was Friday afternoon. I was literally sitting at my desk where I'm sitting at right now and I was just working like every other Friday and things were starting to wind down and I was getting ready to kind of shut down for the weekend. And I just happened to open Twitter and I saw some people tweeting about brand new in in a context that isn't like when people talk about brand new on my Twitter feed. And I searched Jesse's name and I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was just It was just shock because as, and I'm sure this, you can attest to this, as someone who was a part of 2014 and 2015, when a lot of allegations in our world came out back then, we know what the repercussions are when Mm -hmm. stuff like this happens. And still now, you know, four four days later, it's difficult to process. Right.
0: And I want to say before we go any further, we support all the victims. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And you were the one who notified me, weren't you? Um, Yeah. I got a, yep. So I got a text from Tyler and it was pretty much like thread. Jesse is a creep. Let's talk about it. It was uh, the Facebook post. And um, I kind of, you know, I didn't see the details, but I kind of instantly knew when you sent it to me Mm -hmm. and my heart kind of sank because being in the music industry and Knowing things behind the scenes, I've learned a lot of things about Jesse from very credible sources that, well, maybe aren't like illegal things, I, I've learned about some pretty terrible things he's done that I would think only a sociopath could do. So I wouldn't say I was surprised by this necessarily, but it definitely stung. Like, that's, it, that's the, that was the big part. It really hurt. It was, it was a gut punch to see. It's weird for me
1: because we have three episodes of this show that we've done where we're basically just praising this band, calling them the best band in the scene. And now Jesse has allegedly done these despicable
0: things. It's tough to have an opinion on this, especially at this tense moment, because if you're not immediately saying you're going to burn all your brand new records, there's a group Online that's going to attack you. Um, If you're not. You know if you do say. You're going to burn all your brand new records. There's another group that's going to attack you. There's a lot of savagery going on. Right now and I think. It's okay if you don't know. Where you stand on the band. And everything right now. Because I don't know that I do. Like I'm super upset. And I'm super hurt by this. And right now. I don't know. But um. So. To get to kind of the newsy part of it, so that Facebook post, I mean, it really just took off in a way we haven't... Like, the accusations were posted on Facebook in a thread, and they just blew up and um, eventually ended up getting covered by the blogs. Right, Tyler? Yeah, and it was... The part that I
1: thought was crazy how fast it spread, it happened in a closed Facebook group. Like, you have to be accepted into this group, but people just took screenshots immediately, and it seemed like within a few hours, it was trending on Twitter.
0: And then other girls started to come out, and it was just um, kind of over. And then, so, so, uh, Jesse then releases a statement on Facebook. Um, And keep in mind, this is the first time we've heard from Jesse, and like, 10 years, so you know, decade. Yep. dude does not do statements. And um, it's a well typed out and thought out apology. And it's a uh, very long and, and I would say sincere sounding. But the issue with it is it doesn't specifically address the allegations or the alleged victim. That is sort of diving into the comments of that, which why would I do that? Is um, <sighs> what I picked up is most people are very angry that you know it's it's um, he didn't directly address what he did wrong. That was my biggest thing reading
1: it through for the first time, and I went back and read it through three times before I did anything else, and just to see if I had missed anything. I couldn't believe that you know I kept waiting for him to address where it all like the allegations like where it all came from because if he didn't do it he wouldn't be saying anything you know like right. there's there's that aspect and that aspect in and of itself i think deserves and demands a response from him you know he he goes on and says that he's working on his narcissism but he writes seven paragraphs about himself right it just he totally skirted the issue at hand and i didn't I didn't think that was right at all, and I didn't. I do not think that's an adequate statement.
0: It's a good point, but the thing when you read this statement, I see legal all over. Oh, absolutely! You know? Like it this was looked is, over by a, a lawyer. This isn't. This isn't Jesse. This is Jesse' his right. manager, his publicist, his the band. Likely, the band's legal counsel was right. involved, and it's an attempt to apologize. It's a PR move without directly. Incriminating himself for sure, um, because that's what your lawyer is going to advise you to do. No one's going to ever directly incriminate themselves.
1: The biggest, one of the biggest aspect. I mean, there's so many different facets to this story, and one of the biggest thing is, is that Brand New is in such a unique position. As we talk about from the band itself, like when they were releasing new music, they never say anything. They turn away interviews, whereas most bands, you know, take any press that they can get. So brand new have built themselves up as this entity that really doesn't exist especially Jesse himself. So right. that was going to be my question to you. Did you think that we were going to get a statement from Jesse at all?
0: You know no, I didn't think we would get a statement. Like you said he's uh he doesn't really exist. He's created himself in that way where he could just sort of fade it away but um so doubling back now to the news. So after he puts out the statement, um, Martha, the opening band, which, by the way, they have they have a tour coming up at this point, which is insane to think about. Um, I think Thursday would have been the first tour date um, in the UK and Europe. But Martha, the opening band, drop off the tour pretty much immediately. Right. Yep. And so then Kevin Devine, who Tyler, I believe, is touring with them as a touring member right now. Yep. He's he, And he was opening the shows. Okay. He initially posted a statement that was kind of like, you know, I'm horrified by these allegations, and I support the victim, and I'm going to do my best to, you know, do the best that I can for this community and stuff. But he didn't drop off the tour initially. And um, I think, I don't know if he got backlash for that or what happened, but maybe a couple hours later, Kevin Devine comes out, And drops off the tour. Which I I thought that was interesting. How initially he wasn't going to in his first statement. And then a couple hours later. I don't know if the heat built up or what. But he decided to drop off the tour.
1: I genuinely believe because um, I couldn't couldn't believe that Brand New didn't address the shows in Jesse's statement. Like I was expecting them to cancel everything. Anything that they had planned. Would be canceled right off. It was the bat. very,
0: it was very and cocky and bold for them not to cancel the tour in that statement.
1: Absolutely, I couldn't believe it. So, with Kevin releasing two statements of his own, and in the first one, he's not talking about the shows at all. It makes me believe that even when they dropped those, that first statement Jesse did, they were planning on doing
0: those shows. Yeah, that's what I figured. And um, but so what happens? And man, dude, God, I've been um going in the Facebook groups, Deja on Tinder, <laughs> and even the Defend Pop Punk group. Mm-hmm. It has just been war. Absolutely. Like knife fighting back and forth of like fuck you for supporting this band in any way. And then there's people like fuck you you know, for having these tattoos. There, there were people threatening people who weren't going to cover up their brand new tattoos. There were wars over brand new tattoos. I mean, it was crazy. People were like, no, you need to get that shit covered. It's just been a knife fight online and social media, and it's turned into now there's conspiracy theories and, investigate. you know, social media investigations. They're really turning up the victim-blaming card here, and they're really digging into these victims as much as they can, and, and that's never... You know, that's never good to see, but it's just sort of it's sort of the nature of the Internet. So it's man, that's just been a knife fight in there. But so brand new eventually does cancel the tour, which is the correct move, because uh, you think about it, the first date would have been this Thursday. Can you hold? I mean, holy shit. Can you imagine them taking the stage?
1: That's where my head was going after I read Jesse's statement. I'm like, they're really going to play a show this Thursday. (laughs) like not even less than a week later after all these breaks and Jesse's going to go on stage and this band's going to play like nothing happened
0: and this is uh like a really dark time for the scene and this has been a really shitty and exhausting and stressful thing to go through and like like I said like I don't I don't like talking about this stuff it it just brings me down and like I'm thankful that I have a friend like Tyler that like I can talk to about this every hour invent vent to and we can kind of go through it together as friends and you know I'm aware that not everybody has like a friend like that like when you you can go back and look when we launch note to scene even our original press release the original articles written about us I said in there you know our one of our missions was to provide that conversation about the scene that some people don't have because you know growing up in high school I didn't have anybody I could talk to about these bands. So many people don't even know that this scene exists, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that was what we wanted to, know to scene to be was to give you a conversation like this to be a part of. And um so that that's kind of that's really why we're talking about this today, because we all just went through it together. We're not trying to like exploit drama for headlines or anything like that at all.
1: Absolutely not. No, I think You know, we're talking about this because it's important. And I think in order to process this as as music fans, you have to talk about it. And I'm glad that we have this kind of platform that we can discuss these things with. And we have, you know, people write into us every week. And I think that's really cool. And just like you, I mean, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. And I didn't have anyone to talk to about anything Alternative Press Warp Tour in high right. school or middle school or anything like that. And that, that is, that's why we started this show. So, like, you know, like you said, we're not here to capitalize off any one situation whatsoever um, for downloads or anything like that. It's just, we have yeah. to talk about some things, whether we want to or not.
0: And to be completely honest, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. They These bands have kind of forced our hand because... It wasn't just Je- Jesse. This 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 became a whirlwind of just insanity and dumpster fires everywhere. Not long after Jesse, allegations begin to surface all over social media about uh, Austin. Um, I think you know which Austin I'm talking about. Um, Trying not to get sued here, fam. So don't be mad at me. But um, allegations that have been around for a very long time mm-hmm. um, and are, are are pretty bad. Um, those started to go around, so it's like you have another megastar. Uh, the same night, basically, those allegations are all over social media. They don't sort of make that critical jump, though, the way the allegations towards Jesse did. Whereas when Jesse, you know, puts out a statement, all of a sudden, Rolling Stone, Pitchfork, The Daily Beast. Consequence of Sound, you know alternative press all the mainstream outlets are covering it and even the blogs, but these Austin Situations have not been covered at all by any publication and um, I think what that there's a lot of fear out there um, of Legal stuff in that nature, and I think you can even hear it in my voice right now Um, So that's kind of where we are at that those are just sort of swirling around social media they've been known about for a long time um and it's to be seen where that's gonna head this dates back as far as
1: 2010 with attack attack they released a statement back then alleging these things against this person and it's just been every time i get on twitter i I don't even want to go on twitter anymore (laughs) because of every time i go on i see something new and it just absolutely breaks my heart and to go back to the the victim blaming that breaks my heart even more like we really need to come together and support these victims because if it if anything like what's being alleged had happened to you or someone you know your heart would be
0: turned around in an instant and you go back to brand new you think about this this woman just kind of how brave she was just absolutely think think about brand new's fan base like that's a crazy rabid fan base and to know you're going up against that fan base it's it's a brave thing to do it's a scary thing to do to even you know try to take down you know these people consider him a god and um circling back around back to austin it's uh it's just it's another tough situation like you said if back attack attack said it you know when they kicked them out they said the same thing back then you can go back and read their blog post about it girls have came out girls have been silenced and um so we'll see where that one goes but you know and then it got even crazier because i'm not even gonna name this person because this is so old like some old shit came up um about a really famous musician from a really famous band and, you know, if you really want, you can look into it. But this was some like this was some old shit. And um, I, but it, it's just so old and it's unverifiable that I, I can't name anything here because I just, you know, you can't be sure. But um, that was the moment where I just started to like it was like I saw the Matrix. It was Black Mirror. You know, yeah. I was like, OK, the Matrix is, is failing. The Truman Show, we've all been living a lie. Maybe, you know, everything in the scene has been built on a lie and everything's burning down that's yeah when I saw those tweets about that
1: person I was uh it was about 1 a.m. I think on Saturday night and I was having like an existential crisis sitting on my couch it's just like we've kind of built our lives around these bands and I believe I believe we declared the death of the
0: scene that night is that around when we did that 11 11 11, 17 time of death what goes on the tombstone the quiet things no one ever knows oh my
1: god (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) too soon man too soon
1: it's just like i was saying we built our lives around these bands and if you're a fan of underground music you know what that's like like these bands kind of they're your muse i mean all i think to an extent all entertainment is escapism but when you're a fan of underground music and if you've ever liked a band from the warp tour or alternative press scene you you're diehard. This is this is it like this is you support these bands with all that you have. And to know that it was all kind of built along with with things that you and I and our listeners obviously don't agree
0: with is very um, disheartening. So so we think (laughs) I think I gave you some calming words that night, Tyler, and um, (laughs) we went to bed and we think it's all over. It's going to blow over maybe, you know, Every the scene will reset itself. Everything will be, the ship will write, you know, justice will happen. And um, I wake up to an alert that new allegations are being stated on social media against, with confidence, um, their guitarist, Luke and um, Hysteria Magazine, which they have all the details there if you want to read about the allegations. They're a really good Australian publication. They got all the fucking screenshots, man. If you want to see them, they got them all. But new allegations were published there against him. And, um, you know, I it was like, whoa, here we are right in the morning. We're getting going again. Another band. I kind of couldn't believe it. Um, Shouts, big shouts to Knucklepuck. And um All right. I know we've g I know we've given Knucklepuck a hard time on this show for their music, <laughs> but big shouts to Knucklepuck for um they 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 just kicked that band off the tour, off their American tour so fast. Like I don't even think Hysteria had published their article. It, it couldn't have been more than five minutes that Knucklepuck were like with confidence or off the tour. Mm-hmm. You know? They mm-hmm. did that so fast. Absolutely. Yeah, massive props to them because
1: uh they are managed by a person who's um, associated with
0: the brand new situation. And I, right. knowing that person, I just like... He's, you know, he saw what happened with Brand New. I, I believe he's their label manager. He saw, and um, now this happens with Nuckle Buck, And he, I think he was sort of like, distance yourself. Hell, you no, like, hell no, man. Hell No more of this shit. Right. No more of this bullshit. So... Nolkopa kicked the band off before, that the, before the band could even release make a the statement. right move right. Before, before they could release a statement and make the right move, which they eventually did, which was um, kicking Luke out of the band. So, and they, to the band's credit with confidence, they kicked Luke out pretty damn quick. I mean, it was yes. within a half an hour to an hour, but yes. Knuckle Puck were just way too, we were just hella quick. Like, Knuckle Puck gave them no time. Absolutely. And they um, had a new tour flyer up, like, within yeah. the next hour. I mean, it was <laughs> like, a completely rebranded tour. Shouts to Joe and the guys. Good work there and their management team. Um, I think that, you know. It, make, it made a statement, you know, Absolutely. the band really knucklepock big shouts because they just they really made a statement like no toleration for anything. Not and i um, here
1: to ignore it and hope it goes yeah. away.
0: And just thinking back to that his, the magazine story about it and seeing all the screenshots of private messages. I just got to say this real quick. No more fa- bands. If you're listening, I know musicians listen. And I know a lot of industry people listen. So tell your bands this no more private messaging with fans. No more. It's it's done. It's over. And, I, you know, it's it's just not appropriate anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't work. And it, the lines get blurred and it leads it. It's there's no reason to put yourself in that situation as a musician anymore. There's no excuse for it. any interactions you have with a fan, especially a girl. If you're a guy, these are the cases we're seeing where these young girls are finding themselves in positions of being harassed and things of that nature by band dudes. You are not allowed to private message girls anymore as a band. I think that is a new standard that we need to set. Any interactions with your fans have to be public on Twitter or public on Facebook. You know, you can't do it in the shadows anymore. Managers, publicists, label heads, I call upon you to hold your bands to that standard. No more private messaging with the girls. It's done. It's over. Absolutely. I, I'm, done, I'm done reading the screenshots. I'm done seeing the ugliness. It's and I'm so done... ridiculous
1: at this point. It's but inappropriate
0: like, and it's time to end. The first point should be, why
1: the hell are you messaging these girls in the first place? Right. Like, the, it it's inappropriate in and of itself whether or not you're doing anything wrong. Like, True. You, the, these
0: band bros are abusing their
1: power status and it's sickening, man.
0: Yeah, so fire's everywhere. The scene's burning down allegations come out like same day against we came as romans uh kyle the singer there's another thing we had to deal with that i believe um chorus chorus chorus.fm posted that story up they Um, were the first one to post and then all punked up post and i believe prp just post prp did post recently you're right and yeah chorus that is uh the website run by jason tate formerly of uh formerly known as AbsolutePunk.net, just developing now. Allegations are swirling everywhere against uh, Mike from Pierce the Veil and um, Johnny Craig. And um, this is all like just kind of breaking, and it's everywhere, and our scene is burning down. The ship is really sinking, man. And uh, if the
1: light looked dim before, it certainly looks dimmer now. And it's just difficult to process it all.
0: Because honestly, it's, I can't even keep up at this point. It's just like that Hollywood thing that just happened, where all the directors got ousted. But I kind of thought we already did this before. We you did. know, we already went through it with Front Porch Step and all that, and I yeah, thought we I, were ahead of the curve there. Like I thought we had beat all these other industries to it, and we were already doing our our purge. That wasn't the case, and here we are, and everything's burning down. Um, real quick before we move on. You know, Tyler and I, we get a lot of emails from our, our female listeners with questions and stuff, and we appreciate that, and that's really fun. But if you have a, a story of this nature, you know, an encounter with, with, with a band dude that you want to share, it's, unfortunately, Tyler and I are not the best people to send that to because, you know, we're not reporters anymore. We right. don't work for our publications, so um, there's really not much we can do to help you there, however— Fortunately, one of our OG listeners, Lucy Westcott, is a fierce reporter for Newsweek. Um, She's worked in areas of uh, women's rights, and she has let us know that any of our listeners who have any stories that they need to share can contact her. And um, so if you have anything of that nature, I would highly advise you to reach out to her Um, she's part of the note scene family she's a very warm person a very effective reporter and um, I think that's a good way for you to go Um, you could just google Lucy Westcott she's the first one who comes up her DMs are open for you she told me that and um, we'll throw her email in the show notes but um let's let's wash let's wash that dirty (laughs) taste out of our mouth Man, we got a um, we got a 180 it, man. Yeah, we had a 180 hard, and let's move on to our pop story this week, and which is Taylor Swift. She released her new album, Reputation. One of the few bright spots we got this week, right? So, first, Tyler, I kind of just want to talk about our experience. This because this record has been just so built up. You know, we've been talking about it on the show and. So I first want to talk about our experiences buying it because we both bought this, which is a rare thing that you and I both bought physical media at the same time. So what was it like for you buying this record, Tyler?
1: Yeah, so I went out on release day because I needed it was the day that the Jesse story broke and I had to get away from the Internet. So I was actually very thankful that I had this that I could look forward to because Straight up, this is the biggest release of the year in music. I went to my local Target because they've had a big deal with Taylor and this whole campaign. It was the biggest pre-order in the store's history of music, of selling
0: pre-orders. Like 400000 or something like that? Yeah, it
1: was right around that number. And I was just interested to see what it was like inside the Target store. Um, I walk in, Taylor is right there, literally at the front. And in my store, the music's all the way in the back. Not so, Taylor
0: Swift. Taylor's media. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, there were end caps. There was. There were magazines everywhere. Pretty much at every checkout, you could you could either pick up a magazine or a CD. And the magazines are like the special edition, which I'm sure Matt, you're going to talk about because you bought those. But um, I just bought the regular uh, version of the CD, which was really cool because although I was a little pissed, I paid fifteen dollars for it. It's it's very like it's very well put together and the it comes in a sleeve and you roll it out of the sleeve and the sleeve's made like from really it's very durable. It doesn't feel super cheap like a lot of other scene albums feel like when you buy them. Mm-hmm. And then you uh slide out the CD case and a poster comes out with it, which is cool, double-sided poster. And then you open up the CD and there's this really hefty lyric booklet and i'm i'm a sucker for lyric booklets i love (laughs) reading everything from the lyrics to the liner notes to the thank yous and taylor actually wrote a letter at the beginning of uh this booklet um just kind of defining like what reputation means to her and kind of why she called
0: the album that and i thought that was really cool very cool i gotta say to the um the, the cover art it is very cool in person. Like, I know that, that album really, art, when it was yeah. first, Digitally, it just didn't translate well, right. and it was made fun of a lot. But when you see it as a piece of physical media, it is a very cool cover. Like, I think it's going to look cool on vinyl.
1: Absolutely. I loved seeing Like, seeing it in the store, I was like, wow, that actually looks really yeah. good. And it stood out, and it's crazy because it's black and white. But it's very striking when you see it in person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I bought it, and I, it felt cool to me. Because I grew up buying CDs and in bulk, basically. You know, you go out on release day, which used to be Tuesdays, and I'd have my mom drive me to Best Buy or Target or something, and I'd buy, like, three CDs of the three scene bands that came out, and you, I saved any stickers that were on them, and you opened it. And mm-hmm. it was an experience just opening stuff. And I, it was just cool, like, unboxing this for me. Mm-hmm. I, I just had a cool experience with that. But you had a little bit of a different experience because... You went a little further than I did, Matt, <laughs> and I was very surprised to, to, to see you, uh, to see so, that text message Saturday morning.
0: Yes, I, I was pretty stoked, wasn't I? Um, I was texting a lot of people. Okay, so I was driving, and um, I was driving by Target, and I was like, fuck it, you know? I turned in there, <laughs> because Taylor had announced that, you know, she was selling these special magazine editions of the album, where you get a whole print zine with the album and i just thought it was such a cool concept i had to go check it out and i I, walking into target i had pretty much decided i was going to buy one and um i looked at them and there were two volumes actually of them and um i was going to buy one originally and i left target buying both volumes (laughs) because i had to have them both and um they're really cool you know they I would say it's less of a magazine and more of like a coffee table book, like a collector collectible sort of item, um very glossy, nice, thick pages with you know a good finish, hard bound cover, um great photos, um some of the stuff in them you get with it is like paintings that Taylor did, poems Taylor wrote. Little statements from Taylor, um, photos of her personal life this past year, Polaroids. She's kind of manipulated with makeup in a cute way. Handwritten messages and lyrics and and thick too, like 72 pages each, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was really cool and sort of a testament to where physical media can go. And like, I know it's a cliche thing to say, but bands take note. Like, this got people in stores to buy physical media. This got me. And if you've been listening <laughs> to the show for a while, and Tyler knows this, I do not buy physical media. I am just all about my Spotify, all about my streaming. I've thrown away all my CDs. I have nothing left. The last <laughs> CD I bought was the Word of Lies Empire in like 2009. <laughs> so that's how done I am with physical media. I'm all about, you know, streaming. But was, it's was interesting. I was actually, I was talking to Mike Shea, the uh, owner of Alternative Press, and uh, my old boss. I, after reading these these Taylor magazines, um, I sent him a message. I was like, hey, Mike, I think you should check out Taylor Swift's new magazine album combo because uh, it really showed me some inspiring things of where I think print and artists can go in the future. And um, he texted me a picture of the magazine right back, and he's like, dude, crazy timing. I literally just bought it and i'm like leaving target and i was like holy <laughs> shit and so like shouts to mike for like being on point you know what i mean like
1: here he's i am so thinking I'm there. About,
0: i there just he no dude's on point dude knows you know like here i am thinking i'm about to make a suggestion suggestion to him and um he's already he's already got it you know Sorry he's already out, out there for, mad dude knows shouts, mad shouts. Yeah, absolutely shouts to mike um so just pretty cool you know it was a it was a very cool experience. I actually did listen to the album and read the magazines at the same time and it was a very fun experience cool. one of the most interesting things about it is I realized the selling point of these magazines was not the music it was it was it was Taylor's disappearance mm-hmm. um, Taylor had disappeared for the last year and we hadn't seen or heard from her and um Everything she's sort of been through in the last year is captured in these magazines. And it's an interesting way that she's sort of monetized her just her just mere living and being, you know, like she's taken this year of her life that we didn't get to see, put it into a magazine and sold it. And here I am, I paid forty dollars for Taylor Swift album, essentially. You know, that's that's four months of Spotify for me. And Absolutely. Um, she got me. It was so great she got me.
1: It felt good to be excited about something again. Yeah. That was yeah. the biggest thing for me. And I think it's awesome and hilarious that you
0: spent forty dollars on this right. Taylor album. <laughs> right. Um, very satisfied customer, though, over here. Really enjoyed it. So, okay, so let's talk about the actual music now, Tyler. Cool,
1: yeah. So, I'm going to start with So It Goes. It's track number seven. It falls almost exactly in the middle of the album. And this is definitely one of, if not my favorite track on the entire record. I. Sonically, I just fell instantly in love with this song. It's very ethereal, it's very ambient, and we've never really seen Taylor in that atmosphere before, Mm -hmm. especially in her pop world. This song kind of makes you feel like you're floating, and I Mm -hmm. just, the entire concept and the idea that Taylor could be versatile enough to do something like this and pull off a track like this was very interesting to me. And as I was listening to the song, I'm just like, she absolutely nails it. And thematically, she goes into a bit of uncharted territory. (laughs) The song's basically just about sex. And I thought that in and of itself was interesting because Taylor is usually the family-friendly artist. And, you know, middle America, that's where she built her fan base at. So for her to touch on some risque topics on this album, this isn't the only song that she does it on. I thought that was interesting of itself. But love this song. Um, it's definitely one that i'm continually ever since i heard it have been revisiting mm-hmm. what about you what
0: are your thoughts on this song i really i really enjoy this song um cool. this is a this is a lord moment there it, are a lot of, there are a lot of lord moments on this album which i'll i will probably point out as we go along and i'm okay with that because um, you know it's almost like she's this is kind of like a pure heroin part two moment. Mm-hmm. And um, I really do enjoy the song. It's like a seven and a half out of 10 for me. Like Tyler said, it's it's pretty much about sex. Um, I'll leave the lyric scratches down your back that that comes up quite a bit. And right. we'll just let that lyric hang and speak for itself. Right? Absolutely. I got like
1: early Halsey vibes from it. Very okay. like, very lofty sound. It's building yeah. up tension throughout the throughout the verses and then it just releases it in the chorus and
0: I love that formula I'm very, for vibey. Yeah, very, very vibey yeah very very vibey and you mood. know me you know me in mood tracks I'm just oh, like all yeah. about the mood tracks yeah. um, okay so a standout song for me was um endgame the second track nice. on the album so the lyric comes up um big reputation big reputation you and me we got big reputations and you heard about me I got some big enemies and that was the moment track two where I was fully in on this album (laughs) like I don't know what it was about that lyric and the sound and the sonics around it but it just put reputation fully into perspective for me as soon as I heard this song and I felt this warm great feeling and I was just totally in and it it even made are you even made ready for it track one make like way more sense to me after hearing this. And I like that song like three times better than I originally did. Now, I love that song. And um, it's basically the de- the de facto title track of the record. You kind know, and I like when I like when artists do that, when they have a title track where, you know, she says reputation in it as, as in the chorus. But um, it's not named reputation. I think that's a that's a cool move to do. And it's basically this 90s. R and B blend with uh, Bionic Taylor, who and Bionic Taylor is sort of who we see throughout the first half of this record, and songs like "Ready for It" and um, "Look What You Made Me Do" and "Don't Blame Me." Um, Definitely future guest here, who is one of my favorite rappers, and I think he actually he absolutely crushes this verse. Future is um, usually a very his flow is very groggy, very drugged out, very spacey, very distant. For this, it's almost like Taylor required him to be sober for this because you almost don't recognize him. He's so fast and so on point. Yep. Like, I thought it was Young Thug first. Like, I had to look it up. I was <laughs> like, am I sure this is future, you know? Because he's just so awake. And I actually, I really, I don't mind Ed Sheeran's verse man, I Man, going to give Ed a back. I, I, and I usually don't, man. I don't. I don't. I, 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 I really, like, he kind of kills it a little bit. Like, low-key. It wow. kind of cooks his verse. And, um... So I was okay with that. And my favorite lyric on this song, I'm just going to say it, um, and then we can move on, is, I bury hatchets, but I keep maps of where I put them. She's just a savage on
1: this album at some (laughs) moments, man. Like, she's just dragging her enemies. And I think we're going to talk about, we'll talk about the overall themes uh, later, but you're right, like, she killed it on that lyric. But real quick, I just want to say about this song, the pre-chorus, man, oh my God. (laughs) It's just like, it, it hooked me just like... The one Mm. on Are You Ready For It? We see throughout this entire album the dichotomy between light and dark Taylor and that's kind of how she is in real life. That's how she portrays herself. She can be uh, a bit of a you know pressing figure that can get stuff done and pressure streaming services to pay artists and have a lot of pull and she can also be this lovable light-hearted figure towards her fans and to see that dichotomy throughout the entire album but also on this track especially in the pre-chorus which is a total like it's a dark 1989 moment and i think mm-hmm. that's my favorite Parts of this album is when there are dark 1989 moments, and uh, that pre-chorus has been stuck on my head since. Doesn't Friday. it? <laughs> doesn't it just?
0: It's. It feels like she's having so much fun on this track, which I love. Really? Doesn't it? Yeah. Like as she's singing that chorus, can't you just picture her like in a driving car with her middle finger out the window, just singing it, like smiling, like she just no fucks. I Absol- love it.
1: Absolutely, and um, it doesn't feel forced on this song. The only caveat I have with are you ready for it and I have come around to love that song even more. The the quote-unquote rap moments that she yeah. does, she's not really rapping but it's it's the essence of rap, I guess. It feels forced there to me at certain areas. This song feels probably the most natural thing she's ever done. And I was not expecting it at all, especially when the instrumentals, like you said, the 90s R&B part, and she absolutely nails it. And I, I really do. I love this track.
0: Yeah, totally. And it totally put Ready For It into a new light for yes. me. And I think Ready For It is now like my favorite song on the nice. album. Like I just, it's just it's a crusher. But um. What is another uh, standout track for you, Tyler Sharp?
1: So the other track I'll talk about is I think it's going to be a deep cut. I think this song is going to get overlooked, and I'm kind of disappointed in that. But it's Dancing With Our Hands Tied. It's track number 11 on the album, so it's a little deep. But um, this song is probably the most simple pop song that has been released in 2017. And that's part of the reason why I love it but the other
0: part of the reason why I love it well is... let's be clear this this is her style over substance moment yes but absolutely. it's earned she has given us so much substance on this album <laughs> that'll
1: let her have her fun style over substance track thematically there's there's nothing special about this song but sonically and the way she delivers vocally it's it's a high point for me for this record the tempo like I was saying you can compare this song to a pop punk song. Because in pop music, especially in the current EDM top 40 era that we're living in, there aren't really fast, quick tempos. And this isn't a quick tempo, but it's faster than most of what we're seeing in pop music today. And she absolutely nails it. And we've got these kind of, you know, piano string moments in the background that that kind of tie it all in together. And I just see this in in almost like a... Like a video of her driving on like Sunset Boulevard or something mm-hmm. like that. That that's the vibe this song gets me, and yeah, like you so, said, the lyrics nothing so, really to write home about. But it that's doesn't okay though. It doesn't even
0: matter to me no. because I love the song Sonic. We got so we got much. plenty of good lyrics on this album. Right. So for me, it's I like this song because of it shows off her versatility. This really yes. is the odd one out on the album. It's the one that doesn't fit uh both thematically and sonically on this album it has its own sound to me it's very it's very new york fashion week sounding Mm -hmm. to me like i can see models strolling down the runway to this song and i think we will see that i can hear it being played at expensive hair salons or when you're taking your girlfriend to sephora you're gonna hear this it's that kind of song just that uppity vibe and it's fun and i really appreciate it definitely
1: yeah i like that word it's a fun track even though it has a dark moment you can still consider it fun
0: so my next pick for a standout track is this is why we can't have nice things this is the fun one this is like the bad blood bop this is one of taylor's secret weapons is the fun chanting chorus and it always ends up you know being one of her number one hits you heard it in Bad Blood. You heard it in We're Never Getting Back Together. And this song, that is her direct shot at Kanye. And on this song, she is literally talking to Kanye like he is a child. She says, you know, this is why we can't have nice things, darling, because you break them. I had to take them away. Um, it's just bar after bar after bar on here for just owning Kanye. You know, she says friends don't try to trick you and get you on the phone which is referring to the drama she had where kim kardashian recorded a conversation between her and kanye okaying the song famous and um it ultimately outed taylor as a liar after she gave her big grammy speech about not okaying the song and kanye trying to tear her down and kind of how we got to this whole album in the first place and she says you know so i took an axe to amended fence which is starting up the beef again um Another lyric she says is, but I'm not the only friend you've lost lately if you weren't so shady. And here she's referring clearly to Jay-Z, who is another high-profile friend that Kanye has lost. But um, the KO lyric on this Kanye West diss track to me is, here's a toast to my real friends. Because it's so genius, because it's a double cross-reference between Kanye's song Runaway, which has the chorus of, let's have a toast to the assholes toast to the douchebags Mm -hmm. and his new song real friends so she combines them boom here's a toast to my real friends in one lyric and right at that point I'm like oh my god She just buried Kanye and I'm (laughs) the biggest Kanye fan what a wildly fun song
1: I didn't like this song at all I thought it was way too obnoxious and she's it's a song that's outside of her realm like as as a musician and as a songwriter it's it's too far out of the box for her to pull off and i know i i don't even think i appreciate it thematically because she's still just punching down and i don't like that which is what we talked about when look what you made me do dropped but sonically like this song is pretty annoying to me i don't like that hook i think it's it just feels so forced and it's like she couldn't just let it go with Look What You Made Me Do. She had to have this all-out
0: yeah, track. That, and, and, and that's what I love about it. This is the napalm assault. Like, Look What You Made Me Do is just the teaser. Right? I mean, she she goes in here, and this is this is your bad blood. You know, bad blood was for Katie. This is your bad blood for Kanye. You know, it's a similar style song, and it's just an all-out assault. And it, 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 it leaves Kanye in this position where, like, His next album, I mean, it has to just be titled Fuck Taylor, yo. I mean, what (laughs) other option does he have after a track like this just lights him up? Yeah, I just think this was really unnecessary
1: and it was total theme over actual substance. And Mm -hmm. you were totally right with the Lord feel, but it feels more like Melodrama Lord, which is what Jack Antonoff infected and he infected this song as well. He's the only other songwriter besides Taylor credited on this track, which I thought was interesting. Um I just don't think it's that good of a song. I think it I it
0: think, can be fun in the right context, but I think it's uh, it's very similar to Bad Blood. That that that's the through line I draw here. I think it's Bad purposely Blood was similar. A you, battle anthem. You take man. those two choruses though, you know, and they're very similar. That that Taylor chant.
1: Yeah. Um, I wish I wish this was more of an anthem though. That was that was an anthem, man. Bad Blood yeah. is like an undeniable pop song.
0: Um the pettiness you were talking about. I have decided that, you know, I like villain Taylor better than I like fake nice Taylor. I'm totally glad that the poptimism
1: era is over and yeah. she could have this this image and this aesthetic mm-hmm. about her that is darker but she could take on so much bigger things she won like i okay she definitely didn't win a yeah few she, got, things. she got washed she she totally <laughs> lost she totally lost yeah. and that's okay to acknowledge and that Kanye, she got washed
0: and right, know, and that right. stuck with her
1: but ultimately she's bigger she's a, you're she's, saying there are
0: bigger fish to fry out there for
1: her maybe not even that but just the fact that her stature as an artist is bigger than Just show than both us your voting
0: them. card, Taylor. <laughs> Release the voting card.
1: I'm not even going there. I'm not even going there. I'm just saying she's bigger than both of them anyways. So what the hell does it matter to her that she took an L? Like I know we're petty people in 2017 and millennials are just, you know, they're out to save their image, but I don't think she necessarily had anything her castle didn't crumble overnight.
0: Yeah. But we often in life, little things happen and we make a bigger deal of them than they are, you know? Do you think that's what this entire era is? (laughs) Something tiny can happen and it ruins your week, you know? And I think there's this really poignant quote that like actually kind of moved me from the, um, did you read her little intro? On the album she wrote? She says, um, we are all mosaics of our best selves and our worst selves existing somewhere between our well-lit profile photo and our driver's license shot. That's so interesting to me. Like, I wanted her to make 1989 again, you know, and not be petty, but she didn't do that. And this album to me was such a fun ride as a result of that because it was true human emotion and true pettiness like the point is she's not really a villain she's good and bad like we're all good and bad we're all good and petty and so is tay in this situation like and that is what it leads me to is that this is a very human record it's a very petty record sometimes it's a very lovey record it's a very insecure record it's a very why are you doing that taylor record but it's very human coming from such a godlike pop star and um that's ultimately like why i love it so much and why i had such a fun time with it I can
1: agree with that. I mean, there's no disputing it. I guess I'd rather have a petty Taylor Swift album than a sugar-coated "Everything's Gonna Be Okay" album and nothing bad ever happens in the world. But I just expect a little bit more from someone who has the kind of platform that she does. And I'm not even going into politics here. Right. I just think although that we should
0: she... we probably should. We we pro- probably I mean, should. we
1: should, but... <laughs> but we're not gonna. We're not gonna. <laughs> But all that aside, I think that she's she could exist above all of this and still right. be able to call out the bullshit.
0: I want to make a prediction here. I think the song Dress is going to be a smash hit. I fucking hate that song. That man. chorus, man. We're, I mean, you're going back to, like, Blank Space and Style. No, and
1: those songs are going so much better
0: than that song. That chorus, man. I have a prediction that's going to be a hit. What I think... I think we'd be having a whole different conversation about, you know, performance of this album. I think the singles probably should have been This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things and or Endgame. I think one of those two should have been the lead single and there would have been much more interesting conversation around this album. Whereas Look What You Made Me Do, which I love that song now, it rubbed a a long way at first, you know? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I like, look what you made me do too.
1: I've said it on past episodes and I said it earlier on this one, but ultimately, but ultimately,
0: it didn't do what it was supposed to do. Sure. As a lead single.
1: Sure. I'll agree. Endgame should have been a single, but they were definitely saving that one for the album push. Um, they send it to radio on Friday.
0: And... I love that song, man. It really, it's just, it is the thesis. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It really, it makes the whole It just, the second I heard it, the whole rest of the album clicked. Definitely. But I will say there's
1: a lot of this album that I don't like. That's I so interesting. I hate Getaway Card. I think that is her Carly Rae Jepsen wannabe 80s, you know, pitchfork trying type song. And I, I fucking hate it.
0: That's funny. Um, For me, I found Getaway Card to be the most likely song to fit in on 1989. Uh, it sounds like it could fit right in there. with uh blank space and style you know and it's all about relationship hopping kind of just like blank thematically it's just like 1989 and i thought uh it it just has that 80s vibe that i
1: can't stand and i know like you know there's you know pitchfork readers are drooling over that song yeah um i did not like dress i thought that chorus was is, is just straight up annoying um new year's (laughs) day was a a throwaway track
0: okay new year's day is interesting because it sort of serves as the after the party song you know um first off it's the only song we hear prominent guitar on so that's Mm -hmm. worth shouting um i think there's a little bit of a classic line called i want your midnights that will probably be a tattoo you know it'll probably be a fan favorite line I, i don't think it's a good song either it's my least favorite song on the album but she paints a very pretty picture with lyrics like, there's glitter on the floor after the party, candle wax and Polaroids on the hardwood floor. This is the come down track from this wild ride we've just been on. And I think it does serve a decent purpose as the closer.
1: Okay, you can have that argument. Uh, I can't stand, don't blame me. I feel like the record really starts to fade right there. I don't like <laughs> Delicate. Um, it Obviously, it picks up with, look what you made me do, and so it goes. Gorgeous is still
0: don't terrible. Don't like Delicate. One of my favorite songs on the album, man. I, it's that a hurts. miss.
1: It's a miss. Um, it's
0: a it's a, it's a Lord song, so I guess it makes sense why. I it's guess Lord uh, is not for everyone. It's, it, I mean, it literally has that thumping co- chorus that we heard on Lord Sober, you know. Right. It's very similar.
1: Gorgeous still is is gorgeous. never have been a single <laughs> at all.
0: I've even come around on Gorgeous a little though. Like I'm like, all That's right, I'll let ridiculous. you slide. I don't love it, but I'm like, I'll let you. I'll let you play out. I won't skip. I won't hit the skip. You know, that is
1: absolutely ridiculous. Um, King of My Heart. I have notes about it. I couldn't tell you what that song sounds like. I was listening to this album over and over and over and trying to to focus in on that song. So forgettable.
0: It's another song straight up about sex. Which there are a few of those on here. And it's 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 another Lord moment for her. She literally go listen to the second verse after this. She mimics Lord's voice, which is a weird thing to hear Taylor do, but I actually really like that song a lot. It's like a seven point five out of ten for me.
1: Are her and uh Lord did they reconvene their
0: friendship? Are they cool? Lord didn't tweet about the album. Okay. I don't know. All right. That's a little. But I think by virtue of working with Jack, Jack. and what Jack picked off from Lord, I think it's just a lot has spilled over here. That ass hat (laughs) ruined a potentially
1: great album. You
0: got any more bones
1: to pick? I don't think so. I think I named I went through every song on the album. I'm (laughs) literally about every song. I'm about 50 50 on this entire album.
0: What is your favorite song on the record?
1: It is, it's definitely either between So It Goes or um, Dancing with Our Hands Tied. I I bounce back and forth between both those songs. I've had them both on repeat today, and I like them both for different reasons because they're completely different songs. But they do have, they both have that ambient ethereal kind of vibe to them. So I think that's why I like them. But right now, I got to go with uh, So It Goes, and I love Endgame ready for it's great it's
0: probably the best opener on an album in I, 2017 uh, just the the stomp yep. of that bass yep. i mean it's just as an opener wow i mean I, I just re-experienced that song in a whole new way but okay so i gotta say this i think it's the best taylor swift album
1: no. to date i i wish it was because aesthetically i love this album i'm glad I think, that the optimism um, era is over but i think 1989 is a better album
0: for me both sonically there's just so much more interesting, inter- interesting things going on here. It's thrashy, it's in your face, it's aggressive, it's all over the place, it's wild, it's electronic. Sonically, I love this album. Thematically, it feels way more deep to me. Whether that depth be pettiness or whatever, I feel real human human emotion here, whereas 1989 felt just she just felt sort of distant to me. Um, I so you would. Is 1989 the only record you would put over over this? Or would you put Red over this, too?
1: It's close to Red. Just because okay. I feel like there's so many it, misses on this album.
0: And it's not fair to compare Old Taylor to New Taylor. Yeah, I think exactly. we're just talking New Taylor. Red, 1989, in this. Because the country pop stuff, that's a whole... Right. It's just... It's a, it's a different artist, right? It's a different era. Yeah, you can't compare these two. But so you're, you're kind of... This is tied with Red for you? Kinda. Yeah.
1: I'm around kinda. that. I... It, I might put it up against it now uh, underneath 1989 and put red in third right now just because it's it's so fresh. But I think uh, as history goes on, I think it might be the last of the
0: new era albums from Taylor. Okay. And I don't think you're going to agree with me here, but I got to say, I think it this is the best pop album of the year.
1: No. And
0: I think it could be I think it even this this might be a hard reset for pop music in the same way that Justin Bieber's purpose was. I think we're going to we might see a lot of emulation coming off this one, the same way Bieber Core is now a thing.
1: I just don't know, man. It's interesting. We didn't, we didn't get a straight-up EDM chorus on this album, and I mm-hmm. thought that was, you know, "Are you ready for It is kind of the closest we got, but that almost leads yeah. more in towards Soundcloud rap.
0: You, yeah, she's doing, you know, Soundcloud rap, Fergie. R&B. She covers a techno, lot of ground. Totally thrash. I mean, some of the stuff is it's just some songs are just thrash songs, but not with guitars. You know, she's just all over the place. Um so, all right, Tyler. This was a Team Katie podcast. <laughs> is it still a Team Katie
1: podcast? Oh man. Cuz as I think, we in 2017, I don't think we can call it a Team Katie podcast because
0: the, the Katy Perry album was so bad right and it that, was a flop um, yeah and a flop and this album washes katie and katie didn't yes. even need to be washed katie washed herself right, right with right. how bad an album she put out. and it's funny katie is such a minor minor target on this record like she, mm-hmm. you know mostly it's kind of katie i think is only really even referenced in the song what was the fourth single we got was it, uh, so it So It Goes? Or, um, call it what you want. Call it what you want. She references um, all of her enemies who are keeping receipts. And that's a line in Swish Swish where Katie says, you know, I keep receipts from all the bad things you've done to me, Taylor. And she also references in that same song all the drama queens taking their swings, which is a reference at Nicki Minaj and Katy Perry. But that's it. You know, Katie Taylor's like, you washed yourself, girl. I don't even have to, you know put any work really um, Katie's just not even a central villain on this record so I don't know man like I really love this record I really hated that Katie record I was really disappointed <laughs> with what Katie did to me this yep. year you know um, the rollout was so much better of this you yep. know the physical instead of what did Katie do like she made a pie or some shit and um,
1: yeah, Taylor man. did the
0: magazine thing and the hardcover and I don't know are you, are you feeling team Katie still
1: um, in 2017, I'm absolutely team Taylor, hundred percent.
0: It's not even okay, a so question. We're, so we're defecting, but I'm with you on this. Okay, I'm. I'll defect with you, Katie. To be team Katie again, she has to make another prism and win us back. Yes, you know? absolutely. I thought prism was better than 1989. You know, I don't. You know, I think. I think this album is far superior to Witness. It's not even a question. Not even Katie close. is the true queen of pop right now. In and my it opinion.
1: looks like she
0: might Katie, be I'm sorry, Taylor.
1: outselling Katie by almost... I don't know what the final total is It's not be, even a competition. But it, right? it looks like she's going to outsell her by well
0: over yeah. a million copies first week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, projections have Katie. Uh, not Katie. I'm sorry. Ta- projections have Taylor selling around 1.4 million first week. Uh, I think she did 700,000 the first day. First day. You know, which that's already more than Katie did first week. Katie only did like 100 and something. 180. 180. Yep. yep. So. All right um anything else you want to touch on with this album tyler we got to give a rating man oh the rating what is your score tyler i'm at a six six i am at an eight point nine
1: dang this is getting close to album of the year contender for you man
0: you know my album of the year placeholder was was science fiction by brand new i'm gonna be real same and i don't know about that anymore you know not anymore I think I take that one out of the conversation, and so yep. that kind of puts this into my album of the year contender category. That's so Yeah, crazy. I'm at an eight point nine out of ten. Can't wait to do those episodes. It's coming up. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, that is it for the show this week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, feel free to write into note to scene at Juma dot com. Please leave us a rating or a review on iTunes if you get the chance. We will see you next week.